morning, everybody. Morning. I am really excited about Oregon family coming up this year. Uh, really excited. And uh, I want to let you know that there have already been people asking about uh, Oregon family camp. And so it's going to be a great time. And one of the main reasons I'm really excited is, is that uh, Jeff Trillinger was caught on video last night dancing. And it's going to be a tremendous little addition to our Oregon family camp. Now, there's others I know that took photos. I'm willing to pay money for those videos. And so, uh, big money. So just letting you know, that would be fantastic. Uh, just a great time was had by all. Thank you for getting married so that we could see your dad cut a rug or cardboard, whatever that was, he was really going for it. Your mom's an amazing dancer, you know. Your dad's exciting too. <laughs> so anyway, I have several announcements. Number one, we bought two more units of the Velara Air Pro, and it actually does an excellent job of, of taking the air in and killing anything that's in the air and then iodizing the, ionizing the air so that also whatever it touches in regards to the surface also kills uh, COVID virus, all viruses, uh, molds, bacteria, and whatnot. These are used in the NASA space station and were used in the, uh, uh, all of the uh, Apollo missions in regards to cleaning the air. Obviously, you can't get sick when you're in space. And so uh, uh, a little expensive, but they're fantastic. Um, I'm leaving the one that we had initially over at the West. Uh, I should appreciate John and, and Pat so much. And of course, now with the, the, uh, the smoke in the air and everything else, it's a real blessing for them. So um, once the smoke is gone, then we will bring, be bringing that back. So I just want that for, for John. So if we have three of them in here, that'll clean all of the air very, very quickly. And so, uh, did you have a question, honey? Oh, the fan, excuse me. Thank you for reminding me. So, <clears throat> I guess it's making wind up here and you can't hear it very well uh, online. So, anyway, so if you want to read more about this, we have flyers, we have brochures out there. And uh, so we'll have those always running when we have people in the building. Uh, also, too, we are redoing the uh, uh, directory. And so if you want to check the information on the directory that it's all correct and then put a little initial by it if it is or change it up. Uh, the way you want it changed up, that would be fantastic. So I'm going to start it right over here. There we go. Thank if you. I missed anybody, please do not be offended. I redone it and lost a lot of it, so I'm not sure what I've lost. Okay, so if you're not on there, it's not. We, did, we didn't intentionally lose you. It got lost in the technology phase of stuff, so... <clears throat> Let's see, we got some other things too going on that I think is really important. We need to sing happy birthday to uh, uh, Adeline Winningham. Unfortunately, I didn't have that information last week. I have it now, so we're going to sing to her. So I hope you're watching. And uh, also too, uh, coming up on the 19th, September 19th, Sunday to September 19th, we're going to have our first planning day for uh, the Pumpkin Spice Holiday Bazaar. That is coming up uh, the first week in November. We're still negotiating when that's going to be. But uh, if you're interested in helping out, uh, bringing some designs and whatnot. So the 19th is not next Sunday, but the following Sunday. And we'll have a, a planning meeting afterward. And I have a whole bunch of other announcements here. Uh, the baby reveal is happening today and 
What time and location? One, it's like Jasper Park. Jasper Park. Okay, go Jasper Parkway, and then Jasper Park's right off Jasper Parkway, right? And what time is it? One thirty, I think. One o'clock. I don't want to miss that. One o'clock exactly. All right. So, and you're going to be helping your lovely bride reveal this amazing creation that you and God and and the Julie are putting together, right? It's cool. I'm excited. So, if you want to show up, that'd be great. Uh, Monday night? Are we doing Monday night, honey? Are you cooking tomorrow on Monday night? Yeah, if, if, the, if the kids want to show up, we'll cook. I'll, I'll teach. If the kids don't want to show up, well, I'll, Sharon will still cook and I'll eat. So there you go. That's how that'll work. <laughs> anyway, so uh, Wednesday night and Sunday nights are at the Compton Homestead. Sunday night, as you know, is 6 o'clock. Wednesday night is at 7. And we're starting a new series on the book of Hebrews. And we're going to begin working through uh, the actual scripture this coming Wednesday night, first chapter. So I do believe that Hebrews is a critical book to be studying at this time in human history. It's designed, specifically designed, to empower the church to power through difficult times. And of course, as you can see, Hebrews is kind of well-liked by uh, this guy anyway in regards to very important and powerful principles that we need to know as Christians. And so if you'd like to join us, that'd be great, but we will be online as well. Thursday, are we having uh, Ladies' Day Thursday? Ladies' Day Thursday is a go. Any other announcements I might have missed? Any other announcements I might have missed? So we can sing really loud, because Adeline is at home watching, and so uh, I hope she's watching. And if she's not, we'll be singing to her anyway. So here we go. Happy birthday to you. Happy birthday to you. Happy birthday, God bless you. Happy birthday to you. Woohoo! All right. Thank you very much. Now, we do have some great words of encouragement this morning. I love this one. This is awesome. Mrs. Parks, in all capitals. I love you being my Bible class teacher, Braxton. Woohoo! There you go. That's awesome. Andrew and Carly Warren for being with us this morning to meet around the Lord's table. Thank you for putting first things first. Wow, this is awesome. Praise the Lord. There you go. And uh, honestly, I wouldn't have expected any less. So you're right on the money. That's fantastic. Mr. Johnson, I am thankful you take care of the, took care of the heater vent. Max. There you go. <laughs> you know what? And when it gets really cold, that is really a great thing, having that heater vent working. So, yes, Eric, thank you. Melissa, I am so... Lots of, lots of O's. I can't even count them. Thankful you do so many good things behind the scenes I hate to do. You are an awesome Phoebe for, uh, for me. This is signed Bill Compton. There you go. So it's great. Uh, Mr. Compton, your messages are awesome. Keep up the good work. And uh, there's a scribble. So I'm thinking it's probably Ty. Maybe. I love your signature, man. This is the new way to go. So anyway, Jamie. You are an amazing person. You give such awesome hugs, and you are a wonderful Bible class teacher as well. Amen. All right, let's give it up for all those amazing sermons. And now, 
If there's no other delays or things I have forgotten, let's grab our Bibles and turn to the book of Hebrews. This morning, once again, Hebrews in chapter 12. Hebrews chapter 12, verses 1, 2, and 3. Hebrews chapter 12, verses 1, 2, and 3. Therefore, since we have so great a cloud of witnesses surrounding us, let us lay aside every encumbrance and the sin which so easily entangles us, and let us run with endurance the race that is set before us, fixing our eyes on Jesus, the author and perfecter of faith, who for the joy set before him endured the cross, despising the shame and has sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. For consider him who has endured such hostility by sinners against himself so that you will not grow weary and lose heart. Let's pray. We're thankful, dear Heavenly Father, that this passage of Scripture is so clear. There are a few things that we need to do before we really are able to excel and run with endurance the, the race that is set before us. We need to lay aside the encumbrances that so easily entangle. We need to lay aside the sin which so easily entangles. We need to have the freedom to run the race, to live the life that you have called us to. And I would ask that this morning that we would be focused on laying aside the sin which so easily entangles. You know, Satan is a mastermind in regards to tempting us to, to fall into sin. In fact, uh, he's such a master that we just jump right in sometimes. Lord, I pray that you would help us to see this morning that we are able to overcome. We are able to crush the head of the devil. We are able to put aside the old man, the stinking thinking, those things that cause us to fall short so that we can run freely unencumbered the race that you've called us to. But we must do these two things first. And I would ask, Lord God in heaven, that you would help us to see just how to do that. I pray in Jesus' name, amen. Well, I'd ask you to turn to the book of Ephesians in chapter four now. This is one of my favorite passages in the scripture in regards to transformation. You know, God clearly teaches a process by which we can be transformed. And if we understand that process and we are dutiful, committed to doing that, we will actually be transformed into the amazing people that God has created us to be. Now, I, I wasn't really ever too much into athletics. I was in wrestling for a couple years until we moved. And uh, the coach that I really, really loved and appreciated, well, sadly, he stayed coaching, you know, in the school that I was at, and I had to leave. I thought he was going to go with me, but it didn't work out that way. And so I, I tried playing football, and of course, being a small tight end was usually a crushed tight end. So I played football for two years, and they decided that the broken bones were really not enjoyable, and I was going to do something else, like make money. And so I went to work and, and haven't looked back. But there's something about athletes that is so critically important that the rest of us don't know. They know that practice does not make perfect. Practice makes permanent. So if you practice the wrong thing, it becomes etched in your behavior. But you have to practice the right thing. And once you have the right move down, it can be instantaneous. When I was in wrestling, when I was in sixth and seventh grade, my coach was a national champion three times. 
And he told me that it has to become instantaneous. The minute that you see your opponent move in a particular way, you have to instantaneously capitalize on, on that. He was a fantastic coach. <clears throat> and even at sixth and seventh grade, man, that guy was amazing. <clears throat> I got to wrestle with the high school team. And I know I don't look like much of a wrestler now. And I wouldn't dare to even wrestle anyone, especially Vaughn. But uh, the reality is uh, I had a great coach. And that really is what it is. You need to practice. Perfect practice makes perfect. So we got to get it right. But the devil's a master in destroying us, tripping us up and getting us addicted into uh, sin. And so we're going to take a look at how to get over that today. So I want to let you know that when you read the scriptures, God always gives us simple equations, simple steps. And so Ephesians is talking about that just like Hebrews 12 talks about that. Three things we need to do. Get the distractions, those things that entangle out of our lives. Get the sin out of our lives. Then we can really run and we need to focus on the course and that's what we're going to do next week. But today, we're going to talk about getting the sin out. Ephesians chapter 4 will give us the answer. Please take a look. Ephesians 4 beginning there in verse 17. We're going to begin with the first three verses talking about how our brains can get messed up by the devil, but how we can be transformed by the renewing of our minds. Verse 17, so this I say and affirm together with the Lord that you, Christian, walk no longer just as the Gentiles also walk in the futility of their mind, being darkened in their understanding, excluded from the life of God. Why? Because of the ignorance that is in them, because of the hardness of their heart and they have become callous and have given themselves over to sensuality and the practice of every kind of impurity with greediness but you did not learn Christ in this way if indeed you have heard him and have been taught in him just as truth is in Jesus verse 22 that in reference to your former manner of life you lay aside the old self which is being corrupted in accordance with the lusts of deceit. We're going to talk about lust today. And verse 23, and that you be renewed in the spirit of your mind. We're going to talk about what that means. And put on the new self, which in the likeness of God has been created in righteousness and holiness of the truth. There's a powerful equation right here that any one of us can pick up and use and it will change us. It doesn't matter how bad you have been, you can be transformed by this awesome passage of scripture if you embrace it and are resolved to use it every moment. It works. It works. It really works. I've seen it work in my life and I've seen it work in other people's lives as well. And it's absolutely amazing. God will powerfully work through his word if you will be faithful and responsive to it. Now let's begin. Point number one, sin which so easily entangles. James chapter one and beginning there in verse 13. Many of you are very familiar with this passage and sometimes familiarity kind of you take for granted what's being said. But I pray that you'll see that there's a four step process that the devil uses because he knows how humans are how the, how the devil uses to drive you into sin and then kill you. And I'll use some simple illustrations that I think you'll be able to, to see. So I'm beginning in verse uh, 12. Blessed is a man 
who perseveres under temptation. Should be temptation there. For once he has been approved, he will receive the crown of life, which uh, he will receive the crown of life, which the Lord has promised to those who love him. Uh, let no one say when he is tempted, I'm being tempted by God. For God cannot be tempted by evil, and he himself does not tempt anyone. Notice, the temptation is not by, the, by God. The temptation is by the devil. That's why he's called the tempter in many passages of Scripture. But let's read on now. Listen how this ugly uh, Satan works, beginning there in verse 14. But each one is tempted when he is carried away and enticed by his own lust. Then when lust has conceived, it gives birth to sin, and when sin is accomplished, it brings forth death. Do not be deceived, my beloved brethren. This is exactly how it works every single time. You need to understand that the devil's got your number. He's been watching you since you were a little kid growing up. So you think you can beat the devil on your own smarts? Well, you got something coming, and it's called another mess in your life. Listen carefully to how this process works because you can circumvent it. You can pull one of those pieces out so the temptation comes and nothing is going on. Now, I have to share with you the very first thing that you need to do, of course, if you read my email, is you need to, to obey the gospel, to be crucified with Christ in the waters of immersion, to, to be buried with him there, that your sins are washed away, and then raised up to walk in newness of life, as it says in the book of Romans 6. Also, in the book of, of Colossians in chapter 2, it says that you are buried with him in immersion, and you are raised up with him from that act of immersion because your faith, you believe that God powerfully works in the heart of a faithful man or woman. And when you come up out of that water grave, because you know that God is faithful, he raises you up, powerfully fills you with his Holy Spirit, and you're able to walk in the newness of life. Christian, you need to, to remember that. If you're not a Christian this morning, you need to do that. Otherwise, it doesn't matter if you follow this process or not, you're still dead in your sins and trespasses. Can you change your life? Well, sure, of course. But you already have sinned. And remember, sin separates you from God. And so you have to become a Christian first. But now, Christian, it's possible for you not to sin. Now, there's a lot of preachers out there saying, Oh, we're all just a bunch of dirtbag sinners. He's saying it present tense. We're all just a bunch of dirtbag sinners saved by grace. Well, I told you last week, that's not true. Look in your Bible. It's not in there anywhere. It says that you are saints, holy ones of God. Now, is it possible for a Christian to sin? Well, I'll say, yes, it is. If you say it's not, I'm going to have to talk to you because you're, somebody's teaching you wrong. It's still possible while you're in the flesh to be tempted by the devil and for you to get sucked in. But I want to tell you how that's done so you can stop the process. You can stop the process. So let's take a look. Number one, two, three, and four. And I want you to write these down. I sure hope you write these down because I want you to go back and look them up. I've looked up every word lust in the scriptures. Not a very enjoyable study. And it's gross, gross, gross how often it is found in the scriptures. All right. So let's take a look at number one. Lust entices. What is the word in, 
Lust entices. What does the word enticement mean? It means to bait or to lure by deceit. Literally, you go back and it means to bait or to lure by deceit. When I was a little kid, we lived by this wonderful creek called Spring Creek. I mean, it was like walking distance. And we lived in the beautiful mountains of the Sierra Nevadas. And our house was, was just maybe maybe 10 minutes away at the max. And we'd go down there before we'd go fishing, and we would dig around the dirt around the stream, and there was always these big old fat worms, right? And of course, what would happen would rain. Those worms would fall in the water, and the fish would go, ah, they'd eat them. There's a big fish in this little creek. And we'd go down there, and we'd dig those worms, and we'd hook them on a hook, and we'd make sure the hook was completely buried. And then we'd throw that in there, and man, talk about how many fish we snagged out of that creek. And man, it was great. They were trying to drag us in as a little kid. I mean, there was a big one. I caught one that was 18 inches long. And this little creek is like, wow. And he started pulling me in and I dragged him out, man. It was awesome. Got pictures of me. And I kind of played with the fish so much it was dried out. And so my picture is, and it's all crinkly. I mean, it's like, come on. Weird. But you know what? I baited him and he thought it was a real worm and it wasn't. And I got him. And I ate him. And I liked it. That's not satanic. It's not. Just saying. But you know what? When we laugh about that, but that's serious, you know what? The devil knows, the devil knows what bait to use for you and for me. And he's going to dress it up so it looks really good. Have you ever noticed that sin always looks good on the front side until you partake, and all of a sudden, life is miserable. Now, sometimes it doesn't happen very fast. Sometimes it takes a while. But you plant weed seeds in your life sooner or later, what's going to spring up? Corn and tomatoes? No. Whatever garbage you planted in there. So it's important for us to recognize and understand that the first one here, it talks about the lust that entices. It literally means to bait or to lure by deceit. Now, then lust carries you away. Now look at the, that word, carries away. Wow, it's amazing. Lust carries you away. Well, what does it mean? That word carries away means to drag out of. That 18-inch brook trout, I was dragging it out of the water, man, and I just hooked it, man, gnarly. That guy wasn't getting away. To drag out means that you're hooked and you're being drawn in. We need to recognize and understand. This is written so we can understand it. You don't need to be a rocket scientist. This lust, though, this lust, there was a lust in that fish's heart that 18-inch brook trout? What was the lust? It was hungering for something. It was hungering for that worm. If you have lust in your heart, because everywhere I looked, it talks about lust in you. There's, there's hunger in you. And you know what? That hunger, at some point in time in your past, when you're a kid, man, all you wanted to do is go play and have a good time and and uh, you never, you know, girls were always something I threw rocks at. It was really kind of cool. God's my favorite target was running girls when I was a kid. But then I got a little bit older and all of a sudden, hmm, girls are not for throwing rocks at anymore. And 
well, I won't go any further on the story. You know what I'm talking about here. You know, there's no more rock throwing there. And uh, man, I'm telling you what, I got a hunger going on in my life, little by little, just little, little crumbs here and little crumbs there. And then pretty soon I was hooked and I destroyed my life. And sadly, I destroyed the lives of other people as well. But notice there was a hunger in me. And the devil knew that hunger because he was watching my stupid decisions. Oh, one more crumb, dude, one more crumb, and wham, I gotcha. That's how he works. Rarely does he come out with the horns and the pitchfork and the plane. He doesn't do that. The devil wears Prada. Man, does she look good. Man, did I mess my life up. You need to understand something here. This really is in operation. It is. So, sin. The word sin means to miss the mark. It means to miss the bullseye. It's an archery word. You've heard me say that before. Look it up. And so when I was a kid, I used to do bow and arrows, and I, I sinned a lot, man. When I was a kid, I was a terrible sinner when it came to archery, okay? I asked Jeff one time if I should pick up bow hunting, and he kind of looked at me like, I don't know if it's worth you investing yourself. I'm thinking, you're actually telling me I'm old, and you're going to die before you master the sport, so why waste your time? But he didn't say it that way because he's kind. The reality is, is I'm sure I would have been sinning out when I went out hunting. Oh, again, I sinned again. It's an archery word. It means to miss the mark. It means to miss the bullseye. All have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. The glory of God is his magnificent character. And his magnificent character, if you've noticed in the scriptures, is to deeply care for men and women struggling not to take advantage of them but rather to help them out of that. Have you noticed that about Jesus? So important. You know, there's a million times Jesus probably could have been tempted, and I've had some people that I've almost lost my temper on. When they say that Jesus had a gross relationship with Mary Magdalene, man, I'm telling you what, that makes me mad. They're just talking out of the side of their face. They don't have any clue. That woman who was a prostitute became one of the great disciples of Jesus Christ. And it's because he cared about her soul and he protected her. Powerful man. So we need to recognize and understand in the book of John in chapter 14 in verse 31, I believe it is, the devil came for Jesus and the devil was going to get him before he went to that cross. It says that in there. Where is John in John chapter 14? He's sitting at the dinner table just finishing his discourse about my spirit's going to be in you and you're going to be powerful. And the devil hated that. I'm going to kill that guy. But you know what Jesus said? Well, turn there really quickly so you know I'm not pulling your leg. Never trust a smiling preacher, I've always told. In fact, uh, the new couple... Uh, Tyler and Brittany, I smiled said, never trust a smiling preacher. Check me out. Check the Bible out to see if it's so. So in the Gospel of John in chapter 14, look at what Jesus says here. This is powerful. It's verse 30, I'm sorry. Not verse 31, verse 30. Jesus says, I will not speak much more with you. My dinner conversation is almost over for the ruler of the world is coming. Of course, Satan. And he has nothing in me. He has nothing in me. 
I have created no carnal cravings or hungers. He has nothing in me. He can't draw me out. He can't entice me. He can't hook me. He can't drag me away from my father. And the next verse is really powerful too. Read it when you have a minute. Jesus was totally committed to doing what God said, his father. And that's why there was nothing in him because he kept feeding himself with the word of God and doing that which the word of God said and not feeding the flesh like unfortunately all mankind does. There was no hunger in him to do evil. There was no hunger in him to go after the fleshly pleasures. Remember, Moses decided, I'm going to suffer with Christ instead of to enjoy the passing pleasures of sin. Passing pleasures. Sin's always good on the up front side, but it's horrible and deathly on the back side. The step four there in this cycle of sin is death, thanatos separation from God. If you die in your sin, you'll be separated from God. As a Christian, you can overcome sin by the process that I'm about to share with you. But as a Christian, you have the Holy Spirit inside of you. He will empower you as you read the word. And we're going to read that about that in step number two. But please note, Proverbs 6, verses 12 through 19, God hates sin. God hates sin. And some people kind of giggle about a foul mouth. Don't, don't giggle about that. Read, read the scriptures I've given to you there. Romans and chapter, chapter 1, verse 18 through 32. Galatians 5, Ephesians 5, Revelation 21. You need to know that God hates sin and there's not going to be any sin in heaven. Wouldn't it be great if you go from a cesspool of sin in the world... And God is so gracious, he lets just anybody in there, just the cesspool of sin gets into heaven. That's not how it's going to be, brethren. He paid the full price for your sin. He wants you now as a Christian to powerfully use the tools that I'm sharing with you to overcome sin so that you can encourage and build other people up. That's what this is all about. Don't let the devil beat you. You can beat him. Now let's take a look at point number two. Point number two, lay aside uh, sin by examining your heart. Examine your heart. Be honest. Do you remember? It's the man with an honest and good heart that's going to make it to heaven. Look at this. Lay aside the sin. Examine your heart. Matthew chapter 19. You know this one, and I do too. But I want to look at it from a different angle today. A different angle. The rich young ruler. In fact, you could probably almost quote it. Remember what the rich young ruler does? Hey, I want to get to heaven. I'm going to ask the boss. Take a look. Verse uh, 16. Someone came to him and said, teacher, what good thing shall I do that I may obtain eternal life? And he said to him, why are you asking me about what is good? There's only one who is good, but if you wish to enter into life, keep the commandments. Then he said to him, which ones? And he said, well, you shall not commit murder. You shall not commit adultery. You shall not steal. You shall not bear witness, false witness, lie, uh, honor your father and mother, and, and you shall love your neighbor as yourself. The young man says, well, all these things I've kept, what am I still lacking? He probably should have just left it there. <laughs> but he didn't, I'm glad, because I think he was sincere. He really wanted to know. Am I coming up short? Jesus says, well, verse 21, if you wish to be complete, go and sell all your possessions, give to the poor, and you'll have treasure in heaven, and come follow me. 
But when the young man heard this statement, he went away grieving, for he was one who owned much property. Look at the four here that we see in this passage. By the way, I didn't finish the passage. I want you to finish the passage because there's more to this young man's challenge because others were watching and they brought up some things too. We've left everything to follow you. What about us? There's nothing wrong with saying to God, God, I'm leaving everything to follow you. What am I going to get? There's nothing wrong with that. God likes to reward his children. So you can ask that question and he'll tell you. But let's take a look really quickly. Here are the things that you need to know. You know the standard that we need to look at? Well, I'm better than Scott Kirkpatrick because really? Scott could say, well, you're an idiot when it comes to technology, so who's better? Really? And that's how that causes brothers to hate each other, right? <laughs> you're a magician compared to me, man. <laughs> well, the reality is, is who's the standard? There are people, there were people in the city of Corinth that said, I am the standard. I'm measuring myself by myself and everybody else by myself. And because I'm the standard, everybody's less than me. That's messed up. That's not right. Who's the standard? Who should we look to? Well, in the weeks to come, Jesus. So what does he say? Only God is good. You want to be good? Look to God. Fix your eyes on Jesus, the author and perfecter of faith. Isn't that what it says? That's what we're going to talk about. But notice this, examine his word. This young man did examine his word. He did. He knew him. I've kept all of those from my youth up. But he was missing something. There was a little bit of greed going on in his heart. Amen? It was so subtle, he didn't even see it. And so when Jesus said, hey, all you got to do, sell everything you have, come follow me. He went, oh. Now, does Jesus want you to sell everything you have? The answer is no, unless your heart is given itself to greed and that hunger possesses you. Then you got a problem, Houston. But notice it says here, examine your heart. Examine your heart. That's tough to do. Don't you hate it when people tell you you're doing something wrong? Anybody ever had that thing before? You know, in fact, Scott, I was just kidding you, okay? Is anybody watching? I'm just kidding. I like Scott. He's a good guy. But have you ever come up and said, you know what? You've got a real problem here, buddy. Who are you anyway? Don't tell me I'm doing wrong because have you looked at yourself lately? And then that's how brothers are divided. You know what a brothers need to do? Is I need to self-examine. i got to be honest with myself. And then if I have some trusted brothers that I know that are not going to take advantage of what I'm going to tell them, I'll confess and say, man, I'm struggling. Can you help me out? So I can examine myself. Who needs to fix Bill? You? Sorry, Jesus needs to fix Bill. And so I need to go to the word of Jesus and listen so I know how to get fixed. All right? Who needs to fix Jeff? Not Bill. Jeff needs to fix Bill with Jesus' help. Amen? That's how it's got to work. Each one of us. Be honest with yourself. And then finally... Resolve, resolve, resolve to follow Jesus. You got to be resolved to follow Jesus. How do you do that? We got to see what he does and then do what he does. Now I'm going to give you homework because I don't want to keep you too much later. I want you to read Jeremiah chapter 17 verses 9 through 10. I dare you to read it 
And when I dare you to do it. Jeremiah chapter 17 verses 9 and 10. The hard thing is, is that you need to be the one that goes in and fixes the motives of your heart. God will expose them and you need to fix them. How do you do that? Well, you know what? We're not quite over time like normal, but I really want to take the time to do the repentance process. It's changed my life. My boys have never heard me say a cuss word ever. Have you ever heard me say a cuss word? Have you ever heard me take the Lord's name in vain? You ever talk about uh, bodily functions that uh, produce things and say them in a bad way? No, never. Why? I used to be such a stinking foul mouth guy. How's that even possible? When someone cuts me off, I don't even think about a bad word. How's that possible? Because it was second nature, first nature. It was all my nature. You are able to use the repentance process and rid yourself of any sin. Any sin. Remember I used to throw rocks at girls and then I did other things. Now I have eyes for only one. A heart for only one. That's how that works. Repentance process can change you so that you become a man or woman of integrity. I do not want to take three minutes to do that. And so next week, we will have a guest speaker. We have uh, Benoit Thomas coming from India. And then after that, I'm going to come uh, with the repentance process. Please do not miss that. You know, the devil is going to want you to not hear the repentance process. I guarantee he does not want you to hear it. And so I pray that you'll come back next week to hear Benoit and the week following to hear the repentance process. And if you can't hear it, you're not able to for whatever reason, please go back and watch it on the Facebook page. If you want to be transformed, if you really want to make it to heaven, if you really want to be the man or woman of integrity that you're capable of becoming, I want you to come back and listen. So with that, let's close in a word of prayer. Father, I'm really thankful uh, as I've studied all those words lust and it really is a nasty vile study and I, I didn't like doing it but the reality is is that the hunger that we have inside for selfish desires self-pleasures that's the problem if we can remove that hunger by the repentance process then Satan has nothing in us he can't tempt us to use the Lord's name in vain he can't tempt us to do those things because it's not in us. That lust, that craving, that hunger is not, it's removed. We can do that. You've given us this process. I pray that we had recognized the Satan's sick and demented a way of hooking us and drawing us into sin and how we can destroy that by listening to and responding to your word as we use the repentance process. I ask these things in Jesus' name, amen. All right, let's stand and get all excited. What did Jesus say to do? He said to go. Get all excited. Go tell everybody that Jesus Christ is king. Get all excited. Go tell everybody that Jesus Christ is king. Get all excited. Go tell everybody that Jesus Christ is king. 
Jesus Christ is still the King of Kings. King of Kings. Alright, let's go get excited and get her done. Thanks once again for listening. To download today's lesson plan or find out more about Cornerstone Truth Podcast and our church, please go to www.cornerstonetruth.org or email us at thecornerstonetruth at gmail.com. Have a blessed week.